0: The following is brought to you by The Social Suplex Podcast Network
1: This is All Things Elite hey. Welcome back to All Things Elite Load up the pod and the song when we speak Right here, Let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to all things elite from the fan perspective. Swear, man, it ain't no question. Hear from the first. Swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex network zone. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on a red, getting in the zone. Pulling up a show, give giving seven stars, you already know. Who else could it be but the show with a proclivity for positivity? I'm gone.
0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 219th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Sumwitz. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? Dude, this has been
1: the weirdest, most up-and-down week ever. So, Christmas sucked because the Chiefs lost. Yeah. Uh, It is what it is, but, you know. It is what it is, the Chiefs lost. Uh, Then, it's like, so my friends that I talked to... Uh, often. Uh, I kind of call them my wrestling kids because they're so much younger than me. Uh, but, uh, you know, they were friends, had a fallen out, and they spent Christmas together. I thought that was, like, really cool. And that was awesome. And not to name names because, you know, it's their business. And then, um, then uh, then the ESPN, ESPN announced their wrestlers of the year. We're going to talk about it later, but it's just like, I mean, everyone knows my three favorite wrestlers, I almost say it's like it's two, but my three favorite wrestlers in the world are Cody Rhodes and FTR. I mean, it goes that if you listen to this show once, you probably know that. So when they announced the winners, your singles wrestler of the year, Cody Rhodes, your tag team of the year, FTR, I was like, huh? I was like, yeah. Got a little excited, and I posted about FTR and then posted about Cody. Cause I always say Tiffany handles the Cody stuff. I I'll, I'll just retweet her. <laughs> like, I don't need right. to, I don't need to make a I don't even need to make my own post about Cody. Tiffany has it. She literally says everything that can be said. So I just like it, retweet it, going about my business. But FTR, FTR, ESPN, PWI, same year they are that tag team, and they can't get booked on the pay per view. Love that. <laughs> love tag team yeah. wrestling hey Austin trivia question how uh, many two on two tag matches are on the world's end pay-per-view
0: ooh you know what let me pull up the match card real quick because I was going to say there wasn't a lot there was not a lot let me see if we got more stuff posted on there uh two on 2 Oh yeah none none no two on two tag matches none this company with I the looked tag high and low. I, I looked high and low I didn't see a single
1: one <laughs> with this company with the tag team division and a tag team champion does not have a tag team match the only other only thing I can say the reason I can say it's somewhat acceptable there is another title called the international title and it's not on the show either so i guess i'm not as Like, annoyed. And then you also
0: got to consider, too, there was a tag match booked, but then, unfortunately, Kenny Omega out with injury, uh, which and diverticulitis. You
1: know, yeah, and I have him. I have thoughts on that, too. Because it's just like, there seemed like there was a much more logical match they could have done other than the match. And then you could have
0: avoided the whole problem.
1: <laughs> yes, it's like, yeah, it's like, huh, there's a much more logical match. It seemed like it was set up that way. And then they was like, oh, let's grab these two other guys that literally have nothing to do with this and throw them in there.
0: So, whatever. I don't it know. Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah.
1: Because it's like, okay, so they got four versus four. Why isn't it a fatal four-way for the tag belts? I don't know. Yeah, no, no. You got four teams, four sets of teams. <laughs> it seems pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, and not a lot of, it's like, don't even think hard. You you have four sets of teams, making them all fight for the tag belts. Boom, done. But yep, whatever, whatever. I'll bitch about that later. Uh, no, uh, besides, I've had a really good week got to talk to family. Everybody's doing good. Honestly, in a big scheme of things, not lot not much more that you can ask for, especially around the holiday season. Unfortunately, this time of year a lot of, you know, people pass away and that kind of stuff. So, the fact that everybody's still alive and kicking in the, in the Johnson family, I am good with that.
0: Yeah. Uh I am enjoying uh I enjoyed my holiday. Um uh, I also enjoyed. I know Floyd talked about how, you know, of course, his Kansas City Chiefs didn't win, but my Detroit Lions won, which meant for the first time in 30 years, the Lions won their division championship. They had never won the NFC North. The last time they won a division title was when it was called the NFC Central. They won the NFC North. We get a banner raised up in Ford Field. It's an amazing feeling. Uh, didn't, genuinely, was just stunned that it even happened. Work is, work is not even close to being done yet, though. This team's going to win a playoff game at home. That Ford Field crowd is going to be electric. I'm kind of hoping. It probably won't happen, but I'm hoping that we get the one seed so we get the bye week because I am going to be on vacation during that playoff game if they don't get the bye week. So I'd like to be in town for that, if you know what I mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> congratulations to your congratulations to your Detroit Lions. Uh I sincerely mean that even though they did beat my Chiefs, which uh that which hurt my soul. But uh the reason I say congratulations is because a lot of teams do it. They go out, they spend a lot of money, uh like other teams and try to fix it. Y'all fixed it through the draft. Y'all, you know, your your wide receivers our Detroit Lions draft picks, you know, your quarterback was uh, also ran that basically nobody wanted and you took him and you got it and you got Panay Sewell and uh, what's the defense lineman Hutchinson who's played in Michigan. You know, you got all these players, you know, that Detroit drafted, they built through the draft. Uh, you know, they got a little better every year, the gradual build. And what I found from my years of watching football, when you do the gradual build, and you, you build in from the house, you build through the draft, you stay better longer.
0: And, and build through the trenches, too, because yeah. I will say, too, we have one of the best offensive lines in football when fully healthy. Like, yeah. Panay Sewell, Taylor Decker, Graham Glasnow, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow. You've got multiple pro bowlers in there right there, including the best right tackle and the best center in football, in my opinion. Panay Sewell is a fucking monster at right tackle.
1: But I'm I did too I, much I, in the weeds I, with that. I honestly didn't even know he was a right tackle. I thought he was a left because, you know, he's A. Soul and, you know, he was a big time out of co- uh, college. So I thought he was a left tackle. So that's pretty cool. You do not have the best center in the NFL. For pro football focused, best center in NFL, Creed Humphrey.
0: Are you sure about that? Yeah. Well, last year he was. I don't know about that. Last year, no, because currently, I believe right now, uh, um, yeah, no, currently pro football focus, if you go to the player grids right now, and A. Sewell, then Connor Williams. It's I mean, Frank Ragnall, then Connor Williams. So. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Frank Ragnall currently has the best ranking right now in uh, pro football focus. Yeah. Reed Humphrey is, not, is in the top ten still, right behind Travis, uh, Jason Kielsen. He was at one
1: last year, so it's just like yeah. Yeah, but I don't care about last year. Of course, you don't care about last year because your team's winning this year. But <laughs> as uh, as the reigning, defending, undisputed Super Bowl champions, I do, man. Like, yeah, you know, I don't mind talking about the year before. You know, <laughs> I expect. I understand that. Completely. You know, uh, yeah. So. Yeah, so we allowed the Raiders to win against us there once every three years. And it's so funny. I I love it hilariously, and we're going to get off of this really quick. But the Chiefs dominate the Raiders. They they win all the time, right? Like, since me and my friend Jason met in 1993, I think the Chiefs have won 65% of the games in, in that series. So it's just like... Good lord, when they beat us every, every three years, man, it's like they won the Super Bowl. They do the laugh around the building like, well, "We beat the Chiefs." I'm just like, dude, we beat y'all eight times in a row before that. I mean, right? I mean, t- t- we've already beat you this year. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> I was Like all you did was get the split for the year. <laughs> you didn't dominate us. You, bit- you got the split for the year. Good job. Way to yeah. go.
0: Way to go. That, that means so much to you. <laughs>
1: that means so much to you. I mean, see, th- this uh, as I told my friend Jason, was like, there's levels to this shit. Y'all celebrate beating us. We celebrate Super Bowls. That's just levels.
0: <laughs> that is very much levels to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah but buddy. um but Yeah, no. So not a great week for you. Uh Great week for me. With that, but then also, too, um, I'm going to talk about this, too, just because we only have dynamite in our preview for World's End for this week. I do need to talk about this, though, because I did see The Iron Claw. I did kind of want to talk about that, though.
1: How hard did Um, you cry? Dude,
0: like harder than I have at a movie, like in years. Like, there's one scene in particular, um, which surprisingly, like, wasn't even, it wasn't even like. A death scene, you know what I mean? It wasn't like one of the Von Erichs passing away. That, like, it got close. There was one scene close to the end of the movie that fucking destroyed me. Uh, I won't spoil it at all, but if you you saw the movie, though, and if you're specifically an older brother, um, I think you'll feel it heavily, because that's exactly where it got me. I was just like, holy shit. Um, It was spectacularly done. Um, Genuinely... I mean, they played their cards right, too, like having this come out in December, because I think they're they're priming up Zach Efron for Oscar season, and he does an amazing job as Kevin Von Erick. Uh, and all the other character, all the other actors as well, do a spectacular job. Shout out as well, Chavo Guerrero. He was the main trainer for the pro wrestling training uh, for all the actors. Uh, I read in, I actually watched his Chris Van Vliet uh, interview where he talked about how uh, they actually did full, like, 10-minute-plus matches that they would do multiple takes of, and that's how they shot it, and they would just take the best parts of everything. And Zach Efron told them, like, this is the hardest shit I've ever had to do, basically. Like, what, like he was getting blown up, um, which is crazy because he's so barrel-chested like Yvonne Eric uh, in that movie. Dude looks unrecognizable. Uh, but the movie is spectacular. Um, heartbreaking, tragic. Yeah. Um, uh, I believe it has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes, if you care heavily about that. But I just you want to mention that. It's incredible. I think it's one of the best pro wrestling movies movies I've seen since The Wrestler. Like, The Wrestler was fake when it came to movies about pro wrestling. The Wrestler, like, was another movie that just, like, tore me to pieces. Because, I mean, like, you see it all the time. You know what I mean? You see it all the time. Or you, especially in, like years gone by, too. Like, Floyd probably grew up seeing a whole bunch of instances of a, of characters, uh, <clears throat> uh, like, from The Wrestler. But this one, especially too, just, they, they obviously, you know, it's not fully accurate. It's, they left some stuff out. It wasn't, like, everything that they, anything was, like, incorrect or anything like that. Maybe some stuff was made. They, they
1: literally left out
0: a whole brother. They left a, out a whole brother is the one thing, yeah. They left <laughs> out a whole brother and very glanced over <laughs> you, you, the you, other, you, uh, brother. Like, the young, yeah. like, the the oldest but the one that died the youngest.
1: Okay, so the reason they go over it is cuz the, the 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 writer, the director, writer said it was already too sad. It just felt like it was going to make it even more no, sad. No, I know
0: exactly. It's like they, they and then the instance with uh uh it was Chris, right? Uh yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, was like I mean, it's an it, it was a suicide uh death for that one. And I guess it was just too similar, you know, to uh Michael, I guess it was too similar to Michael. Uh, No, not Michael, sorry. Uh, uh, Carrie. I think it was too similar to Carrie's death that they just decided, you know what, we'll just go with the one. Leave that out. Because if we do every single one, A, people will think we're bullshitting. And B, it's going to be too much. Even though it's not bullshit, it all
1: happened. See, I don't understand. Like when I told people I don't want to see the movie because I lived it. I don't understand why people didn't understand. Why
0: I didn't no, want to I a t- move. dude, and like here is the thing too. <laughs> my parents actually were okay. Like they went to go see it with us, uh-huh. and um, <laughs> my mom literally goes, "Thanks for like making Christmas incredibly depressing, Austin." I am like, "I told you guys this was going to kill you. I yeah. told you guys." It's like, and I, I said, Floyd literally said, "I don't want to relive childhood trauma. I don't want to go see this and just go through everything that I lived through."
1: Yeah. I mean, like, all of these were, like, the Von Erics were important figures in their childhood. As in, like, I got into real sports, like, to, I, it existed, but I it was probably, like, 11 or 12 before I really started focusing on the NFL and college and all that stuff. From birth to about 93, my life was professional wrestling. As in... My superheroes were professional wrestling. My comic books were like pro wrestling illustrated. That was like, we had the cardboard belts. We did wrestling outside. We did all the shit you weren't supposed to do. We did it all. Right. And it was just like, so the Von Erics were like gods to me. Right. And to, Mm -hmm. and to go through what I'll get. I'm kind of getting choked up right now uh, to go through what they went through. It was like, I loved Carrie Von Erich. Love yeah. the modern Bay Warrior Carry Von Eric. And yeah, when that happened with seemingly cause I I'm I mean, I'm eleven when it, he goes down. Right. Uh I don't know any backstage shit, right? So <clears throat> just seemingly out of nowhere my favorite wrestler killed himself. That's how it was in my head.
0: And you're like, Yeah, it doesn't seem real or anything.
1: Yeah, and it's just like you're like if you're a wrestling fan, especially in the eighties and nineties. You dealt with a lot of fucking de- <coughs> a lot of death
0: and it sucked, yeah, no, absolutely. um that being said though, like I said, movie was spectacular uh, it will it will absolutely destroy you, I will tell you, uh, but I recommend everyone go see it. I also can I just say having in, they don't they don't really mention him by name? But having MJF be Lance Von Eric was so like, oh my god, like so good. The fake Von Eric, yes, yes, the fake Von Eric. Like Dude, I, li- and he's, ju- he's shucking and jiving and everything like that, and I'm just like, and like, it feels like
1: MJF from the scene I've seen. I've only seen one scene from the movie. I don't even watch the previews. So I've only seen yeah. the one scene that people have been going crazy on. Is that's the guy playing Ric Flair. And I was just like, MJF yes. would have no, yeah. killed Ric Flair.
0: No, like MJ- again, I, I will, I will comment on that real quick too. Yeah, no, it's, I can see the points in like, cause there's another scene of, with Ric Flair when he's backstage that felt more like Flair. Cause it was a lot more re- like Flair reserved and like, like his, like, slight tendencies talking that seemed a little bit more like flair on camera promo flair completely missed it there might have been one or two moments where I could hear flair like in pieces but they could have literally like had him like be dubbed by Jay Lethal and it would have worked so much better (laughs) like seriously have him lip sync to Jay Lethal doing flair impersonations and it would work tremendously better than this guy (laughs) No disrespect whatsoever, but it's it's Flair's just too hard to impersonate. Flair is the fucking easiest
1: impersonation I've ever heard. I just see people do it all the time. They do, yes. Yeah, but... Limousine riding, jet flying, Will and Dylan, son of a gun. It just seems like everyone knows, you know, how to impersonate Ric Flair. It's like your first wrestler thing, so it's just like. Uh, It's just crazy to me that like you that that one person, you wouldn't uh, just get a wrestler to uh, go ahead and just do it because, you know, they're going to always do it justice because it's fucking Ric Flair. And it was just like, I don't know how the director or writer or whoever's like watching the scene is like, man, you just did a really good Ric Flair uh, impersonation. I'm just like the director, the, the writer, director. That's the quality control, right? Like. Hey mm-hmm. fix it. Maybe you just didn't have the ability to fix it, I don't know, yeah, I don't know it's uh it's It's kind of crazy, um, but then,
0: like I said, I've only seen that clip. It's really the only mm-hmm. nitpick I could say is that I wish there was somebody who could play Flair better, you know yeah. what I mean, yes, but I mean, like that's a nitpick at the end of the day. I will say though, because uh, uh they do have somebody playing uh Michael Hayes uh. Uh-huh. You don't hear him talk, but, I mean, like, the lookalike is spot on, I will say. Bad Street, USA. Yup. So. All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for that. Let's actually get into, we are in the go-home week for World's End, and we're headed into 2024 for AEW. Uh, and we got to talk about New Year's Smash. And as we know, we get the finals for the Gold League and the Blue League to determine... What is our Continental Classic Finals that's going to be taking place at World's End? But before we get into everything, I want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a rating and a review. If you're so inclined, you can also follow us on social media. We are at AtlePod on Twitter At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Of course, big news of the week being World's End. But also, I will say, we had some pretty big news in terms of people who are uh, leaving AEW. I wanted to kind of slot that in as well. Uh, So, first of all, on the lighter side of things, uh, uh, Mrs. Massey, you know Dana Massey, uh, uh matt jackson's wife uh is no longer going to be the uh was it the head of uh merchandise or whatever uh yeah like yeah yeah, so she is stepping down and she is no longer in a working position in a e w um so she uh that that came out uh, earlier this week uh yeah i mean like it seemed like quite frankly, i totally even forgot that that was her uh role, but it just seemed- i assumed honestly that she was just still. You yeah. know, I mean, they got it. They, him, him and Matt, her and Matt have like multiple kids, and like they're wild. So I understand why, like you know, yeah, get more time with them. I met her in two thousand. First time I met her was in two thousand
1: eighteen, working the merch sand at All In. Yeah, no, I the it's first time, the
0: first time I met her was uh, we were actually getting ready to go up to do the belt picture with Cody and the Bucks and Mrs. Matt a little selfie with her, so it was cool running into her there, too. Yeah, yeah,
1: and she, you know, I, yeah, it's just, I've met her, you know, like, like, she's always been at events, you know, and it's one of those things, I see her, you know, she, a lot of times she hands me the badge that I'm using to go meet someone, or whatever, uh, whatever it is, and it's just like, she's just there, she's just always there, so it's gonna be weird when she's not there, especially when they do the, um, when they do, what it, what are the things called before the pay-per-views? Um, good the Lord. buy-ins? No,
0: not or the, the buy-ins. You know,
1: like the meet-and-greet things. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, 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 this, uh, What the fuck are they called? FanFest.
1: FanFest, yes. Yeah, she was always there. She would uh, have to listen to all the people in line crying <laughs> and stuff, and she always handled it very well. And, yeah, I'll miss her. Uh, I will definitely miss seeing her there. Like I said, it wasn't somebody I talked to. We're like friends but it's just like it's a familiar face you see it everything
0: you know what i mean oh yeah and Mm. yeah we love we love those familiar faces uh another one that just actually came out i believe it was today actually uh was sean spears uh is stepping down uh and no longer uh a member of the AEW roster going forward i actually read his tweet that he put out uh regarding his uh Regarding his uh, tweet, he said, what a wonderful time it's been. Thank you, AEW, for allowing me to be there from the ground level. It's been a fantastic five years of growth and personal development. This is a personal choice and one that is best for me and my family at this time. Thank you to all the staff, talent and the like for the memories. Number 10. Most importantly, thank you to the incredible fans of all of professional wrestling. I love you guys. I really do.
1: Yeah, uh, if people don't know, I uh, I love Sean Spears on a ridiculous level. I just think the man's amazing. I think he has the look. I think he moves well in the ring. I just I think he's a victim of early booking. It's just he was on TV a lot in the WWE losing. And sometimes people can get past that. Sometimes people <clears> can't. And I don't think with him that they ever could get past that. He was always a second. He was never a star. And it was just like, if you look at him, you look at his individual attributes and everything he's good at and how he works in the ring. Dude, dude. I don't know if he should have been a main eventer. I don't know if he should have been the world champion. But he definitely should have been pretty much booked higher than he was. But um, everyone, it's one of those things. It's like he's one of those wrestlers. You talk to people that train with him. He talked to people that wrestled with him. He talked to people that just worked with him. They fucking love that dude. And, uh, you know, a- every experience I had was always a positive one. Always professional. It was like the dudes like rocking the suits at the meet and greets when nobody else was. Yeah, it's like one of my favorite figures is his uh, chase figure uh, that I have on my wall right now. So, yeah, and he was a part of the pinnacle. And I know... They don't have the fondest memories of the Pinnacle. I I know. I have accepted that. Something I love, the wrestlers that were a part of it, did not love it. So, I've had to accept that. But... You know, he was in the pinnacle and so, you know, when you're the pinnacle, you're the pinnacle for life. I hope they still use him on ROH if he doesn't sign like with WWE or Impact, which, you know, I think is likely because he's a really good wrestler. He has a training school flatbacks. If uh you know, so you know, there's a lot that he can do. He's expecting uh him and uh Peyton or uh Cassie are expecting another baby. He has a lot going on in life, so I wish him the best and wish him best. Like, dude, I don't really watch Impact. I always say this. It's nothing against Impact. They are a perfectly good wrestling <clears> shows. <throat> I don't watch them because I just don't have time in a the week. There's too much wrestling, right? AEW pretty much takes most of my week and WWE's the other part of it. But if Spears signs with Impact, they will get me back to watching Impact.
0: All right. Yeah, no. And uh, Sean Spears uh, consistently was a guy that I always wanted to see more and just see him in segments because, like, I mean, you see him like and you know, he's just a guy that people can learn from. And like whether that be uh, just in the ring during a feud or something like that or, you know, him and uh, Tyler Breeze with their flatback school, um, that dude just seems like like and I've met him, I believe, once and he was super cool. And he still has one of my favorite AEW moments of all time, which was when he absolutely crushed Cody's head in with a steel chair. I know it was a technically a botch and it wasn't supposed to be like that, but regardless, the moment was spectacular and like it still seared in my mind, especially in early AEW. Like that was such a crucial memory for that time period in AEW.
1: It was even more awesome for me uh for me because of what led to it uh this was well, pretty much well, you know when tiffany me and ours friendship started like getting really tight she got got uh we got the first row tickets to all out the first all out um and it was sean spears versus cody sean wow. spears had tully blanchard as his manager uh, they were at, They built this match after that chair shot, and at this moment, Tully Blanchard's getting involved. Arn Anderson comes down towards the ring, and at this point, uh, with me in the first row, uh, Sean—I uh, mean, Arn Anderson hits a spinebuster on uh, Sean Spears. And if you know how I feel about Arn Anderson from listening to the show, it's like my favorite wrestler of all time. I honestly never thought I'd see a spinebuster live because. Literally, by the time I got to go to shows, he was done as a full-time wrestler. So I got to see a Spinebuster Live from the best seat I've ever had at a show uh, on a pay-per-view. Like, you can literally, if you go back and watch the video, you can see me with my mouth open reacting to Arn Anderson hitting that Spinebuster. And it's like, it's burned in my soul. Like, I don't, as one of, as my favorite moment in AEW history, so Sean Spears will always be
0: a part of that. Yeah, no, that moment was awesome. I That was the first show I think we were ever hard cam for, and Cody was, like, able to run right behind us when he was beating the shit out of Sean in the uh, in the crowd. Uh, that match was a ton of fun, even though I wanted Sean to win personally to keep the feud going, but I digress. Um, but, yeah, no, so no. I, I, I agree. Like, as
1: a Cody fan that loves Cody, I wanted him to win because I needed people to see him as something other than, a like, a, a WWE job guy.
0: You know what yeah, I mean? Or just a, t- or a yeah. Yeah.
1: And it was just like, on a big stage, on a pay-per-view, you're establishing Sean Spears as, you know, a dude if he beats Cody. And he didn't, and... What happened? But he's had memorable moments. The chairman's very hilarious moments as the chairman, like getting mad at other people for trying to use chairs because he's like that's my thing. And when uh Wardlow would beat somebody, then he would go in and beat the shit out of him. With Dude, the chair. just the
0: moment, it, just the mo- yeah, just the moment when he was in Stadium Stampede and like the lights go out and he's surrounded by chairs and he's just like got this whistle as he's like just clanking a chair as he's about to beat the shit out of. Him. I think it was like. Hangman, I think maybe he was gonna beat up. Uh or whatever. But regardless of the fact though, when he was surrounded by all those terrorists, oh my god, it was such a beautiful image.
1: Yeah, and that was awesome. Yeah, uh that was that was that was another great Sean Spears moment, that because I believe in the end, because uh, that was against the uh uh what is what was that group called? What was Jericho's group called? Uh,
0: I think it was the yeah, the inner
1: circle. The inner circle and yeah, Sammy hit the finisher on him to win the match, I remember, yes. and, you know, Sean Spears. So, like, a lot of favorite <coughs> moments, a lot of AEWs, first five years, you can't really do without Sean Spears.
0: Oh, yeah, and like I said, one of those ground floor guys that uh, we heavily appreciate. Uh, so, yeah, best of luck to Sean and whatever he does next. Um, but, yeah, um, we'll move from that, though, and uh, get into Dynamite uh, New Year's Smash, which opened... With the gold league final, John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland versus Jay White. Man, I did not think this was opening the show. I, I thought this did. was going to be the main event of the show. And honestly, I thought too.
1: I thought it was more of a chance for Brian Danielson and Eddie Kingston to start the show than this match.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and uh, John Moxley was still battling through his knee injury in this match. Each guy, each guy was trying to go after it too, like. Basically, Uh, but Moxley, of course, is, you know, not human or just psychotic. So he fought through so much pain Um, there. There was a moment where uh, Jay, like they there were so many good moments in this match. Honestly, they started off incredibly well. They got a steel chair involved as well. And was Moxley was getting smacked with it by Jay, who also hit swerve with it. Like there was a good period of time where it looked like uh Swerve had the match. Um he had the JML driver on Moxley. Uh but then of course as he was about to get it, uh Mox bites his fingers. Uh he gets off of that, but then tries for the swerve stomp. Jay White then knocks him down, uh, but then the Jay White gets caught with the Death Rider and Jay White is pinned by John Moxley. John Moxley wins the gold league uh and gets the pin on Jay White. Um, gotta say, like I said, I knew it wasn't going to be Swerve. I wanted it to be just because he's so hot right now. Um, but I am glad that, you know, they knew that Swerve couldn't take a pin right now. They are protecting him with that, in that regard. Um, so I, I get that heavily. Um, but man, as much as I think Moxley's awesome, dude, like it was hard to feel like it wasn't underwhelming with him winning it. And it's not like, it's just because, you know, He's always been there, you know? And it's he's reliable. He's always been reliable. He's always been, like, need like call, when called upon, he gives you bangers. It's all that. But Jay White or Swerve winning is way more interesting, and it's just because, you know, we haven't seen them in these types of positions like that before. Whereas Moxley, you know, you can count on him for everything. So, I get it. It was really good. I'm happy for Mox. I think he's a good pick. He's just not the most interesting pick. To as, as the veteran as
1: a veteran watcher of uh, the G1 and a frequent listener of keeping the strong style on the social suplex network, w- like sometimes on these G1s, sometimes in the C2, which is AEW's version of G1. Don't let anybody tell you any different. Um, the story plays itself out, you know, like you could see what the story is going to be. And when we got to a- about the third or fourth match, I was like, oh, I know who this, who is going to be in the main event. I've pretty much been saying it the last few weeks. And it was just like because you saw the story. And Mox was the perfect for the story. Now, if you want to talk about getting someone over, of course, Swerve's, Swerve's the guy. I would have loved to Swerve became the tr- first Triple Crown Champion. Of course that. But I, when they're looking at what they have planned for Swerve, that wasn't a stop they had planned. I think Swerve's next belt will will be the AEW World Championship. I mean, could he be the TNT champion? Absolutely. Could he be the international champion? No, but he has been built so much, he has set his eyes on it. He says he wants to be the first black AEW World Champion. I think that will be the first singles title he holds in AEW.
0: Which, yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, that does mean more. You know what I mean? But it's... It's just tough for it to not feel, you know, even if Jay White would have won it, it would, like I said, it would be interesting. But again, considering what they set up the finals for, you understand why it would be Moxley winning it. So, And we'll get to that when we get to Yeah, the so NBA. like the
1: only person that beats Swerve or has pinned Swerve since pretty much this thing has started with him getting hot is the ace of the company, which is Mox. And if it, I mean, every, he, they say it, they told you it, so it's not like I'm like, oh, I'm declaring him the ace. no. They've told you he is yeah, the ace. Yeah, they've it? said straight
0: up, guys, like, this <laughs> he's, is
1: the ace. This is the ace of the company, the ace, and then it's Moxley. So it's just like when people are like, oh, Moxley wins again. Yeah, he's going to win a lot. He uh-huh. is going to win significantly more than he loses because when he loses, like when he lost to Orange Cassidy, it means something. It elevates the person that beats him because he doesn't lose a lot. That is how you do it with someone like Mox. That's yeah, how you, no, that's, I mean, that's how just, you, it's you, just
0: how it's going to be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. If you put your, if your guy is on a regular dynamite against Mox, pretty much expect your guy to lose because that's just how it's going to be. So like, if you look at the people that have pinned John Moxley, it's been like Kenny Omega. Uh, I, I don't know if Hangman ever pinned him. He beat him in a Texas I dead match remember. I don't think he I actually. yeah yeah, yeah, I'm like, I don't think he actually pinned him, but like it's Orange Cassidy, like the names are top guys in the company. John Moxley doesn't just lose, so when you uh, say that, it's just when you think about it like that, you could almost tell John Moxley was going to win, and when we talk about the other match, uh, I will tell you my logic on it.
0: Yeah, so we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But moving on from that, though, we then were backstage with Swerve Strickland following his loss, uh, and he said, I wanted this so bad, basically. The Continental Classic, it's bringing life into this business. And I proved that I'm one of the best in the industry, if not the best, and I didn't get pinned. Jay got pinned. Somebody looking for me on Collision is Keith Lee. You got me, because I got nothing doing, going on this Saturday, and I'll be there for World's End. And then they asked him, basically, uh, told him, basically, uh, you have a contract to wrestle Keith Lee on Saturday. And he Swerve just goes, we'll see if Swerve, if, if Keith Lee shows up this Saturday. So they're probably going to do – they're now basically set up to do a contract signing for this match, which is very exciting for that because these guys can finally lay some barbs into each other. Uh, Are they gonna? uh,
1: Are they? I mean, this Saturday is the pay per view, so they won't be doing a contract signing, right?
0: Oh yeah, sorry, I forgot that. I forgot because I, (laughs) I, in my head, I was like, oh yeah, Saturday, that's Collision. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, no. uh, So sorry, it throws me off that they still do the pay per views on Saturday, but Collision's normally on Saturday, so like that's where I've always had it in my head. So yeah, they got to do the, they got to do yeah. So the show, (laughs) so the show itself. Sorry, that's on me. I just like I said, Saturdays are. Saturday night's alright for fighting, you know what I mean? So yeah, I mean,
1: I it, it, it makes perfect sense,
0: you know, I'm like, it makes it makes I sense. I still gotta get used to it, B-Dude, I'm so, I'm, I've am i been born and bred on Sunday pay-per-views, you know what I mean? Yeah. I still gotta get used to them being on Saturdays. AEW
1: does their own thing, and yeah, so I'm looking forward, yeah, I'm looking forward to the match, it's been what, over a year in the making, I know, he smashed yeah. a brick on them and. And it's just like there is a story there, so no one can say this is randomly thrown together now. I, you can say, man, they took too long to do it. But, I mean, to me, I don't think you can take too long to put on a good match, a match yeah, that no, I want to sure. see. I'm like, I want to see this match. It, if they did it the day after Keith Lee got hit in a brick, to me, that would have been too soon. Now there is tension buildup. You got two very talented athletes that really know how to do this, and they're going to kill it. And I, you know, I, it's my, we're going to, we're going to talk about it later, but this is kind of my pick to steal the show.
0: Oh yeah. No, mine as well. I think these guys could absolutely tear the freaking house down. So, but either way, uh, moving from this though, Mariah may was interviewed on the ramp and basically said, uh, y'all are waiting patiently for my debut. Uh, 2023 didn't have the best energy. There's not enough glamor. So it's going to be. Next week on the first dynamite of the new year, because twenty twenty four is all about Mariah. But then, uh, like she did the interview on the ramp. Riho then is chasing Mariah May down into the ring, and then Tony Storm comes in, and timeless Tony Storm sprints to try to help. She gets tripped up by Riho. Then Riho hits a crossbody on Tony Storm and Luther the Butler. Uh, Riho trying to get a little bit of uh, heat going her way, just to get some momentum heading into her match against Tony Storm for the AEW World Champ- women's world championship. Uh uh well sorry, yeah, yeah, against the women's world champion basically against uh uh Rio, So yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, Tony Khan on the uh, press groom today. I was reading the notes as I go to. Uh, we do not get invited to those, you know. We do not know. We, we don't ask either. I <laughs> we could, ever, yeah, I could, yeah, I
0: could. I could get myself like possibly just see if we can. You know. Yeah, yeah I, I, was I was gonna we, say, we, we never even truth, asked. I don't have time.
1: <laughs> yes, I was like, we've never even made the attempt to be on there, so you know. Uh, that being said, on to the actual point I was gonna make—that how he loves Rio, loves working when cramp, fat crowd gets behind it. The ratings show that she's a draw, and I was like, dude, that's kind of that's kind of awesome. You'd like you'd like to hear that, you know, because the women's division does take a lot of shit. So to see someone being in the women's division being a legitimate draw,
0: that's pretty awesome. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, moving on from that, though, we had. Uh, Top Flight and Action Andretti uh, calling out basically uh, the trios, like saying there's tons of trios that they can fight after they uh, had their match with uh, the Acclaimed last week. So Dante Martin uh, then had, uh, was talking, basically saying, there's a lot of trios that we could fight. And then Orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and Trent come out, and Orange Cassidy basically goes like, uh, all right, fine, we'll see you guys on Friday. And Rocky was like, yeah, he kind of did the same thing to me last week. And so they will be having a trios match on Rampage this Friday. So Darius and Dante Martin top flight in action and ready versus best friends, orange Cassidy, Rocky Romero and Trent. So you better watch yourself when,
1: uh, issuing an open challenge because if orange Cassidy is going to hear it. He's going to accept it. So
0: he's going to assume it's about him and he's He's going to accept accept it it because like, even though he doesn't try, he thinks everyone's out to get him. I am ready. I
1: can say this. I am ready for Orange Cassidy and the international title to be in a feud. Yes. And I know, and I know, Continental Classic, I completely understand why it hasn't been featured recently. I do. It was, the Continental Classic needed to be the focus of the company. It, it literally pretty much got the company back on the right foot as of what it is. But, yeah, now that we're going into next week... Yeah, we need Orange Cassidy, uh, that momentum he had built up as
0: the champion, you know, to, you know, get in a feud with somebody. Let's get in some fights. Yeah, let's get that man into something where he can really sink his teeth into. Um, But, yeah, no, like I said, it's understandable why he hasn't been. Because, like, it's literally been that and the Devil storyline. Not a lot of people are, are getting a look in other than those t- two things. And, so and, it's understandable. And,
1: and it's worked for the company. I mean, it it, it's the right call. What they have focused on for the last six weeks has been perfect. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. Now we got to go to that next step and keep that momentum. And for keeping that momentum, let's get into Orange Cassidy into a hot feud.
0: Yeah. Moving on. Uh the Don Callis family was in the ring for a Boxing Week celebration. Shout out to the UK. Uh, and Don Callis basically said, you know, I have some important things to say as he's joined with Kyle Fletcher, Kanosuke Takeshita, and Powerhouse Hobbs. Basically, there's a lot of stuff going around outside the wrestling business these past couple of weeks, and it's family stuff. And it's been a difficult two weeks. You guys know what I'm talking about at times like this. You need your family. I couldn't have gotten through it with my family without my family by me. And I got you guys some boxing gifts uh, to show my appreciation. Uh, there was a painting of him in Powerhouse Hobbs, one of him with DeKesta, and one of him with Kyle Fletcher. And he's like, finally, the Don Callis family feels complete. And then Sammy Guevara, his music hits. He walks down to the ring. He's back. To which Don Callis is just like, what's up? And Sammy's like, long time no talk. And uh, Don then proceeds to be like, oh, did you – didn't you get the gift I sent for the kid? Like, I'm glad you're here. I got a gift for you, a painting specifically for you. And then uh, Sammy then looked at it, and it was a picture of Sammy holding his newborn kid, and he had the Don Callis family surrounded. Like, that is the worst one. That is the worst one. There have been some awful ones. That is the worst one. I, got, like those, I, oh, I, I, I was like, no. I, no, I got to tell you,
1: because, like... I, I t- the way Sammy reacted to this, I don't know if that's a normal reaction for
0: a person.
1: No. <laughs> so, I don't know. Yeah, he's like, who the hell told you to put my baby on that? I was going to say, let me just say this. It literally was a blanket with a baby-like figure. <laughs> it wasn't that's what like, I'm saying. It wasn't even his baby.
0: You know what I mean? It's that like, was a baby. You yeah, can't tell yeah. me like anybody thought like they got... Sammy's baby, like, even remotely close.
1: Yeah, so I was like, this dude seems irrationally
0: <laughs> upset about this. <laughs> right. I would just be confused. Yeah. Uh, but he's like, well, no, no, no. It, 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 like, your whole family's supporting you. Like, you're not, but like, Sammy, you're not mentally capable to be of being a parent. And Sammy then proceeds to call that out when it's like, you need to be worried about leading this group, because everything's made about you, and I've heard people that I... Would have never expected Asked me how I was going when I got concussed. I never got a message from you. And he's like, I'm, you're disappointing I didn't call you? Don was like, I'm disappointed you dropped the ball when you got hurt. And when you had the best opportunity you had ever in the AEW World Title uh, Pillars match. He said, you were on leave having a baby. So you chose your other family. You, so if you answered wrong, you're going to remember it as just the biggest failure of a wrestler as you're about to be as a parent, and that's when Sammy knocks uh, Don Callis down. He gets collided by Powerhouse Hobbs. Everyone jumps on him, and then Jericho comes out, and then takes out uh, everyone with his baseball bat, Floyd. They retreat, and Jericho is then proceeding to beat all the paintings to a pulp, and then, finally, for that last painting of Sammy and his family, he proceeds to give Sammy the belt, and he then shatters the portrait, and then they hug until they get uh, jumped by the tag team champions, absolute Ricky Starks and Big Bill, and uh, that's when they start swarming them. The lights go black, and then when they come back on, Sting and Darby Allen come in, and they start going after Big Bill and uh, uh, Ricky Starks, and they just take turns hitting each other with baseball bats. Uh, so Sammy Guevara back in uh, AEW. And instead of having the tag team match between, uh, like, Chris Jericho and whatever his partner was going to be, which ended up being Sammy Guevara, who's now back, it has now been made that it is an eight-man tag match. Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, Sting, and Darby versus Ricky Starks and Big Bill and Powerhouse Hobbs and Kanosuke Takeshita. So they're working in, basically, the Don Kikow's family storyline intertwined with the fact that Jericho did have a tag team title match. Which, like, listen, if Jericho was, like, any normal person would be genuinely pissed off. Because he had a tag team title match and now he just got thrown into an eight man tag. Like, that's, like, any other normal person would be furious about that. You know what I mean? Correct.
1: And this is, uh, yeah. Let me say this. I'm going to first give the excuse. I understand they are adjusting to a situation that happened to them. Like, Kenny Omega to hurt hopefully it's better thoughts always with them so they had a match planned it fell through i as a fan of tag team wrestling i saw this happen and it seems like the logical conclusion was to take these same four teams and put them in a fatal four-way for the tag team titles Right. Or a four-way match, whatever you want to call it. If you want to use the WWE lexicon, it's a fatal four-way or just a four-way match. And you wouldn't have the logic flaw of two people on the team, namely Will Hobbs and Ricky Starks, fucking supposed to hate each other. The last time they were in the ring together, they were in like a lights-out blood feud.
0: Now mm-hmm. they're
1: teaming up. Make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, and then on the other side, I don't remember the last. I mean, Sammy and Darby are in the best place. but I guess they can put that aside, I guess. I don't know. It just seems like it would have made way more sense. Same eight people. Same eight people. Not asking you to change a oh, person in match. F- a four-way match for the tag belts. Boom
0: yeah I mean, yeah, so having having there no longer be a tag team title match, you know, like obviously it's understandable we all get why, but, but I mean, like, yeah, it's a blow, it's a blow
1: it it just seems like first of all, I am not the biggest fans of the tag team champions as a fan of tag team wrestling because they're not a tag team, they're not a they they are wrestling as a tag team now, but literally as soon as they lose the belts, they will rarely tag up together i mean that's how this title and they will go the way of swerving our glory and the other uh hangman and chris derrick i mean hangman and uh hangman and what uh, omega it will go the ways of those people the thrown together tag teams so i'm mm-hmm. not a fan i like real tag teams but god dang it can we please have a tag team match on the pay-per-view
0: that's the thing i gotta say too is like you know we're we're near the end of 2023 right now it's literally a couple of days until the new year's um, and I remember the first, like, two years of AEW. You couldn't find a company, like, anywhere in this world that I felt like did tag team wrestling better than AEW. Like, teams galore, like, rivalries aplenty, some incredible tag team champions. They actually
1: cared about winning the belts, and they, the teams got time to work on TV.
0: It was beautiful. Yeah, and... That kind of went away for a bit, you know, like that's not been the case recently. It's just, it just hasn't been the case for quite some time.
1: And if you Uh, know me, it's, it's not about just FTR winning the titles. I mean,
0: I I like, I I like stories, right? I I want
1: stuff to make sense. I'm like, we never got proud and powerful as tag team champions. We haven't got the best friends at tag team champions. I mean, we haven't got like a lot of teams they, like already- It doesn't
0: make any sense to me the fact that like, I mean, this is just me though, but like, um, you know, we finally have Top Flight back together as a tag team, but they have Action and Dready clinging to their like coattails, you know what I mean? No yeah. disrespect. Uh, but like, these, this is a team that has not been able to stay healthy together at the same time for more than like a couple months. They have been plagued with so much bad luck in terms of injuries. Or just not being able to be, like, teaming together because one person's either gone or hurt. So, now that they're back together, like, in Top Flight is reunited, why would they not be immediately trying to get the tag team titles? Because, like, quite frankly, you don't know if they're going to be healthy enough to be able to, like, you know, win them if they don't do it now. You know what I mean? Yes. And that, to me, is an interesting story because you could just bring up the fact that it's like, you guys can barely stay together as a team, not because you're infighting, because you guys constantly get hurt. And quite frankly, when whenever heel tag team champion like faces them, they could be like, "Like you're gonna be hurt, but we're not just gonna single one out. We're taking both of you out together, so you can still be together in the hospital."
1: Dude, yeah, that's that's a that's a
0: great way to uh, get that look. I mean, for to build that up. And I think it gives them the ability to shine by just getting good promos and stuff like that. It's no, Not just really. them specifically. I have no idea how best, like you said, best friends should have been champions, but I think it's insane to me that they have not been. Um, and then, you know, we we only got uh, one tag team title reign with... Uh, yeah. Tag team titles... W- had the tag team titles once, and, like, they held them for maybe four or five months.
1: Yeah, it's just, it's just like I said, it's just when you, when you build your company. At Parker,
0: our purpose is simple. We want to make
1: the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Company around divisions. I mean, you know, world title, international TNT. You have these titles for singles people. You know who should, because you have so many singles belts and only one tag belt. You know who should never be tag champions? Two random singles guys. You have belts for them. Let the tag teams hold their belts and hold up the division. Like I well, said, I don't care. Well, and then that's the thing
0: too. Even if, even even though they like are like listed as uh like you know they eventually got a name. Like if you go to the AEW's roster page and you go to uh, the like rain histories, Swerve sort of still Lee and Swerve sort of Strickland. Yeah. Like, I, like they mentioned it in the bio that it's Swerve sort of in our glory, but like. You guys still—you still remember that these two guys, when they eventually first became tag team champions, they were still just listed as Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland because they were just two people that were tagging together before they actually got a name. Yeah. Absolutely. So yeah, no, it's it's definitely a bummer. And again, like I said, it's not it's it's not all on this match that got announced for World's End, which still should no, be a no, lot no, of fun. No, this match just triggered me. I'm like,
1: I, I think the match exactly. is going to be great. I think Stings generally always delivers. His matches always deliver. They do a good job of working around him, giving him a good moment. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not the match. It's just, goddamn, those belts. And like I, I said, the division means a lot to me. It, it is like when AEW started and that first night, it was like the Young Bucks, best friends, Lucha Bros. That's the first night. They had three tag teams, right? And I'm like, oh, fuck, let's go. And it's just, and at one point, they had my four favorite tag teams in the world in the same company. So it's just like, dude, we, we should have some, like, killer rivalries. Like, <clears throat> Proud and Powerful Lucha Bros rivalry, proud and, you know, back when they were together. I know they're not together now. That ship has fucking sailed. You know, i always wish both of them the best. But it's just, dude. Like there's so much to be done as far as in this company, as far as tag team wrestling, and it's just like when you're having TV time and you got all this and you're tr- and you're uh, you're trying to build your product, dude. You know, you you've proven. I mean, AEW match of the year, to some, not to all. It's a TV match between FTR, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. You know, and it's yeah. just just like. Dude, so tag team wrestling, when presented correctly, you know, matters and draws and gets people in. So, Absolutely, yeah. No, we we just, we,
0: both me and Floyd desperately want tag team wrestling to be near the, like, like, near the level that it was when this company was first created like tag team wrestling in this company was second to none it was so spectacular
1: like i don't know who like really i'm starting to name the tag teams right now and it's like in my head uh we got ftr uh top flight when they're together the kingdom we still have the best friends when chuck taylor gets healthy uh, you know, you and, could and, technically
0: and, reform, at, like, you know, do, like, your former tag team champions Adam, pa- Adam, uh, Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page, and Kenny Omega, like, they yeah. were tag team champions. Like, yeah. It's still, mm-hmm. like, segmented off of the Elite.
1: Yeah, Rapungi Rum- 3 k the Young Bucks. I forgot about the Young Bucks. How do I fucking forget about the Young Bucks?
0: And it's like, yeah, I Rounds hope...
1: For- and Silver, Dark yeah. Order
0: has not done anything.
1: I hope they do something with the Young Bucks. They come back, maybe beat Ricky Starks <laughs> and Big Bill. Let's get these tag team belts, you know. On the, on the tag team.
0: Yes, for real. My suggestion, uh, Aussie Open eventually. Get that shit happening.
1: Yeah, I, I want to see how that happens. I'm, I'm still uh, <laughs> hoping Mark's uh, wrist is uh, healing up. That match was a while ago, so I don't know. Right. How, I, I think it's only like a three or four month injury. I'm not well, 100% sure. Hopefully he's sure. able to be back soon. Yeah, because he said he broke it in two places, so. It probably pins and shit to keep that uh, get that thing back. So hopefully it's good and healed, and he come back and he comes back strong, and we get some Aussie Open doing Aussie Open things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but moving off of that though, we then had a backstage interview or backstage promo, I should say, of uh, Miro uh, accepting a challenge or making a challenge, basically for him to face off against. Uh, Andrade Alidolo for the uh, – just for a match at World's End. Uh, he threw out a challenge for Andrade, and I think that's going to be spectacular. You know, we've had the little uh, drops of the fact that, you know, he's all around uh, uh, Not, uh, not uh, 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 CJ Perry. Uh, she was all around her, um, which also – can I just say too, um, uh, if you don't follow her on social media, she had a splinter that got infected in Mexico Holy shit. Thank God. She's okay. Cause she went through some shit. I literally thought, well, let's just say, I thought she was going to lose the finger the way it
1: looked at first.
0: No, I know
1: the way it looked. I thought she was going to lose the finger. So I'm very happy that that didn't happen. <laughs> so
0: yeah. yeah so, so first of all, thank God she's okay. Uh, yeah. I gotta say, um, but she's been tied in with this story basically. Uh, so having her, uh, be around Andrade has not made Miro happy and Miro wants to kill Andrade so uh, I think it's a very simple story I think it's a story that sets up a really awesome match Um, I believe that CJ should be still good to go for this Saturday despite the fact that I think she got out of the hospital like last week like late last week so I think she should still be good to go Uh, so hopefully that's the case because I mean like she's crucial to this uh, story obviously Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, I mean, like literally, like she makes this story matter. I mean, they have no beef if it's not for her.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we then had, uh, sorry, moving off of that, uh, Roger Strong basically being like uh, him and uh, his kingdom fellows had been working on something for the past five days and had a bulletin board filled like yarn drawings. They are trying to figure out who the devil was. And it's like, it all leads to Max being the devil. And I'm going to prove that he's the devil because eventually you're going to be exposed. Uh, And funny enough, that whole bulletin board that he had was made into a poster that you can get on shop.com. Honestly, spectacular. I think it's like really, really well done. Um, Yeah, it's like one of those
1: things (laughs) that would be really
0: cool. But,
1: uh, I mean, at the press conference today, Tony basically said this thing is going to be wrapped up on
0: Saturday. So,
1: Long term, I wouldn't keep the poster, you know what I mean? Exactly, you know what I mean? And
0: by the time it gets shipped and all that kind of yeah. shit. so yeah, and, But either way, it was a nice little moment, I felt like. Yes. But finally, uh, moving down, we had the Blue League final between Eddie Kingston and Brian Danielson. Just spectacular. These guys, like, I-, I thought genuinely the trios match was going to steal the show. I was wrong. I was very wrong. Uh, Like, the work that they did in this match. And, of course, like, obviously, we all know Danielson and how spectacular his babyface fire comeback stuff is and how he does it so well. He's just such a naturally gifted uh, underdog babyface. But even I can say that, like, you know, the, the, the stuff that they've been pulling for Eddie, like, for this comeback and him... And everything that had been labeled upon him being called a bum and just dude, fans were pulling for Eddie so fucking hard and you could feel it in the crowd, in the match. Um I mean, it was spectacular. And could not have been done better. Uh just like like spinning back fists repeatedly thrown to Daniel uh to Danielson uh and was even able to get a uh powerbomb spot uh a powerbomb uh, that was inspired by a Kawada, which is really cool, uh, and then yeah, Kingston on Brian Danielson, probably one of the biggest p- wins of his AEW career, I gotta say. So uh, besides so, his win at uh besides his win at uh, uh the Arthur Ashe, and Eddie, yeah, it's get it. oh go ahead. Eddie Kingston is the living embodiment of a video game
1: character. He had to go through the levels of the BCC. <clears throat> level oh, yeah. 1 was Claudio. He beat him. Uh, he, I mean, Actually, level 1 was Dan- Ryan Danielson. He lost to him, right? Then yeah, he beat Claudio. First match. Then he beat Claudio. He had to go back a level. Then he had to come back and beat Danielson again, and now he gets the final boss, Mox. Thing is, yep. he had never beat Claudio until he beat him for the ROH title. He never beat Brian Danielson until he 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 beat him in this. And now it's lined up against Mox. About four, three, whatever, like match three. I figure, okay, it's gonna be Eddie Kingston and Mox. And I just, I, I don't know why. I just saw it perfectly clear that that's where we were going. Uh, Eddie Kingston and Mox. Eddie Kingston to win this match (laughs) has to beat. The guy he has never beat, the guy that he has lost to on multiple pay-per-views in AEW, has lost every time they go, he has to beat Mox. Now, I will tell you something. Eddie Kingston is, uh, Eddie Kingston is to me, better when he's the broken dude that can't win. So, I'm going to prepare you. Now, I'm going to give my prediction later, but I'm going to prepare you. that This is the Triple Crown title, a title that they're trying to build. Yes. Who do you build this title with? The ace of your fucking company. So yeah. I mean, if yeah. Mox wins,
0: <laughs> don't get too upset because no, exactly, he doesn't
1: lose.
0: <laughs> I think, like, here is the thing too: is like, and I, I don't like to be that guy. I think there could be a point where you start seeing people really turn on Moxley just because they're like, oh my god, okay, it, it, we get it. it.
1: But the great thing is. He's good with that character too. He can play the bully. He can play the heel. He has. if you like Mox, great. If you don't like Mox, great. He's that versatile. No, he, as a performer. he, he can
0: blend into whatever you need him to be. Like I said, that's why he's always reliable. Cuz like, it's, it's hard for me to take it away from the guy.
1: In the Orange Cassidy thing, he was clearly the heel. Oh, he yeah. was clearly Orange Cassidy's bully. Right? So he doesn't have if the fans turn on Max, he's already set it up that the Blackpool Combat Club is the most neutral faction in wrestling history. They are a mirror or they are the reverse of whoever they're going up against. And when they're going up against the elite, they're the heels. When they're going up against this group, they're the faces. They, they they are one of the perfect, most perfect factions ever put together because they work no matter what. And they're, they don't have to heel turn, right? Yeah. They don't have to face turn. They just beat yeah. up whoever's in, their yeah, beat up in the ring. Yeah, they just beat up whoever's in the ring.
0: So you can't have another shield breakup in his faction.
1: Yes. They fight each other all the time. They don't care. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Someone hits Moxley in a chair. Cool. We'll fight on Saturday, and then we'll be friends again on Wednesday. That's how it works. That's, that's, how, a- that's what it would <laughs> have been
0: like for Eddie, too. They killed each other at uh, uh, All Out, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, oh, cool, we're cool with each other, and we're actually going to be tagging with each other as we try to go kill uh, uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs>
1: The most funct- They have the most functional, dysfunctional friendship ever. Like, the promo he cuts after the match basically says, yeah. like, during the I quit and all those type of matches. And he-, he called on the history. I could have embarrassed you, but I didn't. I-, I-, I did you a favor. I let you- I let you hang around, in essence, right? You know, I let you, you know, be near me, you know, like... But on Saturday, I'm not doing you no favors. You're getting full mocks. I'm trying to take you out. I'm trying to become the Triple Crown Champion because C- everything everybody talks about, you know, Kingston loves the eight, uh, the All Japan style, loves Japan, loves Kawada, all that stuff. Yeah, fucking Moxley does, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, straight up. <laughs> you no, know, and again, Kingston's Kingston's response, to basically being like, don't you try to young boy me. I broke in before you. Like, saying that, he's like, you're lucky I let you breathe, Brat Patna. Like, so well done. And then he just talked about, you know what, I am one of the most down people. I I hate myself more than I hate anybody else. But the king of the bums is going to push you because you told me once I wanted to quit AEW. You said, you're not allowed to quit because we need people like you around to shape the younger guys. This is what you want? I'll give you everything because you better show your fighting spirit. I will show mine and bust you up and enjoy it. Um, it that like me, no, uh, it makes all the sense in the world. And they sold it to the people that were like may have been like we've seen this before. Why are you making this huge tournament end with something we've seen before? Like they sold it as to why they were ending it like this. Like makes all the sense in the world, honestly. And really? it was incredibly well done and like if you're not pulling for Kingston after that win over Danielson, the fact that this tournament started with Kingston's devastating loss to danielson and now tied it all back with him winning punching himself to the finals of the continental classic uh beating danielson and fighting his way through all the other members of the bcc like dude i'm telling you dude this match is gonna be insane this was another one i thought could steal the show honestly
1: yeah uh so you've seen john wick right yes yes eddie kingston is Lawrence fishburne's character in john wick (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> the king of the bumps. <laughs>
0: king of the bumps. No,
1: exactly. I love it. No, uh, you know, I just, I, I just love this story. I love Kingston's story. Like when he started off 0-2, I was like, oh, he's going to end up in the finals, but who's he going to get it? I'm like, you know, the best person to go against is Swerve because Swerve is like the heel right now. Uh, but, I, you know, the problem is you want Kingston to win. And I, as hot as Swerve is now, if he's Swerve versus Kingston, who, who's getting the loudest cheers? Who do people want to win? Exactly. So that's why that was a bad matchup, right? Jay White kind of just lost in the world title match. So is AD Kingston really doing something if he beats uh, Switch? Not really. The story is Mox. It's always Mox. The final boss is Mox. He is the Brock Lesnar of AEW. He is the boss. He's what Undertaker used to be in WWE. He is the final boss. If you beat him, you are a made man. We'll find
0: out. Yeah, we will. Um, we then had a showdown with a sit-down interview between uh, TNT champion Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. And then Shane Wayne and Nick Wayne were also there. And uh, Christian M- Cage made sure to say it's, it's Mother Wayne and the prodigy Nick Wayne. And um, he's like, I'm sitting here. I'm waiting all night for Copeland to show up. To which he then proceeds to jump in. Copeland runs in throws Nick Wayne into a like cargo box, uh, and then they just start beating the hell out of each other. Security tries to break them up, uh, and then uh, Christian tries to run away, but then eventually he shoves Christian into a, cr- a concrete wall, and then he's just screaming, You're mine! You're mine! Um, so we're going to get even more like heat with these guys in there. Uh, highly anticipated... Uh, no disqualification uh, TNT championship match. You, like, you, 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 you know, and
1: it's, I, I, I <laughs> when I take some idea from someone else, I like to give them credit. So earlier tonight, rarely do I do this. Rarely do I do this because I don't like to steal other people's ideas. I actually listened to the Voices of Wrestling flagship podcast and they said, we're getting Beth Phoenix at the show, right? And I was like, fuck, we're getting Beth Phoenix at the show. And it was their idea, so I didn't take it. But once they said it, I was like, Oh, we're fucking getting best Phoenix at this show. It's like it just makes too much sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Shane is going to be there and, you know, he's going to need a woman to have his back and, you know, the Glamazon. She's got to, you know, does a thing. Uh so, no, that's going to be pretty cool if that actually happens. Um no, I I love this and, you know, Edge it's like when Edge is a WWE guy. That's what he is. It's like when people are like oh, i wonder if he can work the AEW style when you're someone that's edge and you've been or Adam Copeland rated R superstar and you've been doing this character this gimmick this business for 30 40 30 years at this point you are who you are right yeah so he's not going to transform into this AEW friendly indie wrestler he's going to just keep doing him cuz that's what they bought right so this storyline is amazing because it's like the most WWE thing other than maybe timeless Tony storm in the company. And it's, uh, and it works for him and it works for Christian and they're in their bubble right now. And yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the match on Saturday.
0: Yeah, no, it's going to be so good to see this match like blow off. Uh, we then had, uh, Chris Statlander versus sky blue with Stokely, uh, in, during uh, commentary for this match as well. Um, and, yeah, it's basically continuing off of Julia Hart, like, really rubbing off on her. Um, and this is a solid enough match, I felt like. Um, of course, this was a, uh, a good place for these people to really uh, work off each other. Uh, I also like the fact, too, that they mentioned that uh, Statlander hadn't been pinned in, like, 19 months. They had mentioned for that, which honestly was a crazy stat for them to bring up. Um and yeah, no, it was really cool just to see how much Sky Blue is really fitting into this new darker character that she's got. Um, so I thought this was really solid. Uh the match was finished with Sky getting the code blue on an, an avalanche code blue, I should say. Uh and it happened as uh the referee she played she was uh being checked on, but then Julia knocked out Chris Atlander with the T B T S championship. And then that's when she hits the Code Blue off of the top rope. And then uh, Sky Blue wins the match, beats up Chris afterwards. Julia Hart jumps in to continue uh, beating up on her. And that's when Willow Nightingale comes out. She disses out clotheslines. She uh, 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 She starts saving Chris Statlander. And then as that was happening, Abaddon then proceeds to appear. And she just stares into Julia Hart's eyes. And then they just jump off and they kind of run off to the side away from Abaddon. Um, So, yeah, I thought this was really solid. I still don't fully know what – personally, I still don't fully know what to expect from uh, the TBS Championship match at World's End. Just because this is the biggest match of Abaddon's time in AEW. And it's kind of come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like she's had some steady build for the last month. But up until that, like she had not been on TV. You know what I mean? and now she's in a tbs championship match so i mean it's a it's a big deal i want to see her do well i want to see what she can do against julia hart who has also been like very very good uh these last few months so um it's this is one of the more intriguing things i don't know how this is going to go i don't know how people are going to take to this um i just hope they uh they pull it off though because i think it could be uh i think it could be very good
1: absolutely i completely agree with that uh it could be uh very good. Uh, Sky Blue, uh, I do like how much she's being used. I, I, I you know, she de- she deserves it. You know, like uh, as far as what they're trying to do, you see what they're trying to do. I mean, as far as uh her uh building someone new. You know what I mean? Like really focusing on giving her a lot of matches. She wrestles more than everybody else. Uh, is she great yet? No, but you do. You, you're starting to see mark improvement. So I'm I'm really uh. Really looking forward to her in the future. Uh, the Abaddon thing—I've been <clears> saying—I <throat> I am all about people, we like you know, wrestling. Uh, get better in the ring, change, uh, adapt your look, all that stuff. All that it applies to Abaddon. Doing the work repli- uh, applies to Abaddon. So she get uh, she get all the opportunities she's getting. She's earned, and the thing about it is. When you're you have this women's division, you're really trying to build it, and you're trying to build contenders. You gotta stay consistent. Averno can't go away for six months after Saturday. You know, she can't just disappear until the next Halloween. You gotta keep booking her. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, you right. gotta keep you gotta keep her relevant because that's what happens with Abaddon. They generally build her up to a match. She has that match and then goes away. Now they did a good job. She lost uh, the last big match she was in, and now she's in this match. And I'm just like, just keep booking her. I mean, it's a character that I think a lot of he, uh, uh, people can get behind if you uh, book. If you uh put them out the, uh, put her out the right way, or excuse me, them out the right way. I'm not trying to mis misgender Abaddon. I just you know, right, sure, yeah. I yeah. forgot. Sorry. Um, uh, but put put them out there and let them do their thing. Uh, so that's what it. And that's what it comes down to. So I just more consistency with Abaddon. is what I'm looking for.
0: Right. So we'll see. We'll see how it steps out. Uh, right before the main event, we then had a backstage interview with Ruby So and Soraya. Uh, uh, she talked about basically how uh, Renee was like Ruby. Uh, how do you feel you're taking on Marina Shibuya on Rampage? And Saraya was like, I'm excited, but I can't keep this in. It's your birthday next month. I've been giving you so many gifts, but I have something special for you on Rampage. I got you some help, and she call brings in Harley Cameron. Uh, and then uh, she's like, Look at her. She'll do anything you need her to do. And that's when uh, she's like, Oh, sorry, Ruby's like, My phone. My phone's ringing. I got to take this call. And Soraya goes, is that Angelo? Tell him I said hi. Like, I love that guy. Uh, she leaves to answer. And then um, uh, that's when uh, Renee was like, uh, how did that partnership come together? And then Soraya was like, I'll show you. And then that's when Harley pulls a knife. And like, no, 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 no. Let's the other thing. Put the knife away. Put it away. So, uh, yeah.
1: So I, I saw some people and heard some people, read some people saying they came out of nowhere. No,
0: she was the crazy chick in QTV. Yeah, no, exactly. She was specifically psychotic in QTV. So yeah, was she was it, psychotic. People yeah, just not, didn't know who
1: she was. She, yeah, it's, no, she's l- literally playing the same character she did on QTV. She's just crazy. You know, they're like, they're more leaning towards the crazy part of it. But yeah. Yeah, this is this is her thing. Harley Cameron's a little, off kilter, a little off kilter, and I love it. And I like that someone from QTV that I liked has found another spot. Uh, you know, I was worried about what could end up happening to them. You know, going forward, so I like that.
0: Yeah, no, um, yeah, and trust me, as somebody who follows uh, Harley Cameron on social media, the more I see her, the better. If that's anything I can say. <laughs> Hey, That's you, all I got to say. You should have a combo with Brian
1: Quinn. See how, what he thinks. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, hey, what's up? Yeah. No, no, but uh, no, I mean, yay. Yeah, you know what?
0: Yeah, no. yeah. Move, we'll, we'll move quickly off of that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, uh, we had the main event, though, of MJF and Samoa Joe uh, teaming up to defend the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions against the masked men uh, of the devil. So the devil's masked men. They're in the ring, and then that's when uh, Samoa Joe gets introduced. He doesn't walk out, and showing? he's on the ground, and he's hurt, but he's holding his right leg, basically, screaming. But MJF is like, no, I'm doing this match. I'm still going to do this match. Um, um, Joe, at one point, though, still comes out and fights. He tried to pull one of the masks off, but the other one grabbed uh, MJF's throat, basically, and... Uh, pulled him over the top rope and rammed him into the uh They like, r- got rammed off of the steel post. Then another one comes out from under the ring, hits him with a steel pipe on his shoulder, uh, which is also injured. And then that's when they proceed to have another masked man. There's like multiple ones in there too. Then they, one of them hits MJF with the heat seeker and they get the pin while they other one was holding his legs. So the devil's masked men, have won the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions, Championships. And MJF was not able to defend those titles, uh, so those are no longer uh, being held by Adam Cole and MJF. <clears throat> More men became to come out of the ring, and they started beating the shit out of uh, MJF. Uh, Joe then proceeded to come out. He was limping with a steel chair. Uh, they run away, and then they helps him to his feet. But then the devil shows up on screen. And then the words just said on screen, "Pleasure doing business with you." MJF is staring at it, and he gets cracked in the back of the chair, back of the in the back of the chair by Samoa and Joe. Basically, has been revealed that he uh, has been working with the devil. He then just walks; he's got no limp, he's got no problem. The jump beforehand was totally like not real. He hits the muscle buster on MJF. And then he picks up the world championship because, you know, you remember what this man is going for anyway. Big heat as he gets ready for his match at World's End. Um, so, yeah, I mean, MJF is in a world of hurt right now. He just lost the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles to a bunch of men who literally don't have faces. So for Floyd, who loves tag teams, uh, I don't even know what the fuck he thinks about uh, Ring of Honor with those tag team titles. I, right I will oh, Basically two I- vacant men's.
1: I will not know. This is a wait and see. They take the mask off, and everyone thinks they're the kingdom. That's what I keep hearing. Everyone, I see,
0: I see, I think Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. That's just me.
1: Okay. If he's Bobby Fish, I feel like he's on stilts, because those guys were taller than MJF, and I remember. <laughs> and Bobby Fish is not taller than MJF. Oh, yeah, no, I know I... <laughs> no, no, maybe I'm wrong maybe I mean that like I said, it was just i it was w- my first watch through I didn't go back and watch it, maybe i'm wrong i i you know what it, it, I'm open to whoever it is it's uh i, I was i posted i've put a post, and I, you might have saw it that I've heard this like some people that I respect in the wrestling business saying they're like tired of it. They're just wanting to end this whole devil thing. And it's just like, dude, I want it to go on another six months. And I know I'm out. I come, I always say this as much as I grew up on wrestling. I also grew up on one other thing. And that was soap operas. And right. when you grow up on soap operas, the reveals, the it's are literally a part of your weekly show. Like pretty much. Every show is big up to some kind of who done it, some reveal of someone that's come back from the dead, or somebody that's been secretly sabotaging the person. And the thing about th- wrestling, and this is a professional wrestling problem, when you do a who done it like this, right? They do like I did. Oh, it's CM Punk. Oh, it's this person. Oh, it's this person. And you have guessed so much, right? No matter who comes out. <laughs> You will either have guessed it or it's going to be stupid, right? (laughs) It's like in your brain. And it's just like, it's like wrestling fans, in essence, ruin these type of stories, right? Mm -hmm. Because let's just say it's Adam Cole and it's obvious, right? Cool. Mm -hmm. That's fine. The story led to it. It was him. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's just say it's Jungle Boy, who I don't want it to be. But again, it's fun, right? Because it's not about the reveal and who it is. It's about the promo after the reveal, and how they explain why they did what they did. And an uh, excellent orator will dominate this. If, like, if I put this in Eddie Kingston's hands, oh my God, he's going to put the promo of the year out. <laughs> or John Moxley's hands, promo of the year out. So what what we're seeing is. It's going to matter what their justification is, what their promo is, the execution afterwards. The reveal is not the end of the story. It's like the middle of the story. It's what's done with the reveal is the end of the story. And it's just like, that's what when you see people bitching, they're like, I can't wait for this to be over. Once they reveal the person, that's not when it's over. It starts again there because now you got the revenge plot, blah blah blah, all that stuff that becomes a yeah, part. No, it's <laughs> not even close to being done. D- yes, happens. and that's what I'm like. It's just like if if you're short sighted, you're looking at the reveal as the end, and it's not the end. It's you're going to get more. And these stories, I love whodunits. I love I like whodunit movies. I love whodunit TV shows. I'm all about it. So I love this. Like I said, it would extend for six more months if it could, but it's not. And I'm of the opinion that whoever does it, whoever it is, or whatever, in my opinion, needs to be the next AEW World Champion. Whoever it
0: is. Yeah. No, because they have to take everything from Max. They have to take everything. <sighs> Correct. So. But that was how AEW Dynamite New Year Smash closed out. So, real quick, I will just do a very quick mention of what will be on Rampage. Just real quick. So you're going to have, of course, the four-way tag match, Orange Cassidy, Trent Barretta, Rocky Romero, and uh, top uh, and, uh, facing Top Flight and Action and Dreddy in the, in, the, in the trios match. You then have uh, Ring of Honor Pure Championship match between Wheeler Yuta and Matt Seidel. Uh, you're going to get a match between Ruby Soho and Marina Shafir, like we mentioned earlier. And then you have Chris Jericho, who will be talking. And that is what you have on Rampage, so... Just real quick, just wanted to mention that since that is happening right before Worlds End.
1: Um, Let me say, um, don't be surprised if there's a match or two added. Because this is TK we're talking about. The booking continues until literally the first bell rings. So there might be a match added in Rampage. But we are going to preview this as what we know right now. But don't be shocked if something pops up.
0: Yeah no it's 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 not even a foregone conclusion that that could be the case. Yeah. But yeah, so let's give our little preview and uh, predictions for uh World's End first up the zero hour matches. We have an FTW rules match between Wheeler Yuta and Hook. Uh I have Hook taking this uh because I don't think Hook should lose in an FTW rules match. I got Hook taking
1: it. Uh yeah, um I was leaning towards Yuta because he's been cheating in Pure Rules matches. So I was leaning towards him cheating or doing something kind of dastardly, maybe get some extra help to be Hook. But I think Hook goes ahead and wins this match, and maybe they build to a Hook versus to match for the Pure title too.
0: Yeah, I think that works. Uh, We then are actually going to get a zero-hour battle royale. It's going to be a 20-man battle royale. Uh, which will be for a TNT title shot anytime, anywhere. You this add- is basically
1: money in the bank for uh, money in the bank for the TNT title.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, we do not know who will be in this match at all. Like they have not announced anybody who will be in it. Um, but do you have any predictions? I'm
1: calling look- Jungle Boy as the winner, returning <laughs> Jungle Boy to come back and win.
0: <clears throat> Sorry, uh, that was literally not even. That was involuntary, but it just happened. Uh, <laughs> no, I will... Ooh, let me go to the roster. Let me think of somebody else. I want to think of somebody else. John Spears comes back out of retirement. Quick return. Um, I will go ahead and I will pick Dan Housen Because fuck it. <laughs> Give yeah. Dan Housen some love. Give Dan <laughs> some I some like. I like oh,
1: how man. we have... We have these guesses and like literally nothing, no, not one person has been <laughs> announced for the battle royale. So not
0: no one I, person has been announced, but I just thought like like literally I'm just going to say Dan Housen because if I'm right, I will not shut up about it. Yeah. Like, Cause
1: I, I want to pick somebody from, you know, the callous family, but you know, they're all, they're kind of in a match. So <laughs> yeah, you can't have that happen. No, no, you know, you know, who would be cool who I would freak out Kotobushi.
0: Oh, yeah, no question. Like, you, you get confirmation that, oh, yeah, Kota going to get a TNT title match. Yeah. It'd be fucking huge. Yes. But I think. I mean, and first needs- of all, I mean, like, they should, at the very least, I'd like, you know, have him in the match. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah.
1: And the thing is, when you do Anytime, Anywhere, though, it almost feels like it has to be a heel win it.
0: Yeah. No, I,
1: get or, that. I, mean, I, I guess get it that. could be a face if they end up cashing in on Christian, because no one will care that Christian got screwed over.
0: Yes.
1: No one will care about that at all. So I just I I do think whoever wins is going to cash in at the end of the night.
0: Oh yeah, you think they're going to be like right then and there? They're going to be like, no, yeah. I want my title match right now. They're literally like, it would be so
1: idiotic if they
0: didn't. It, uh, Adam Copeland
1: and Christian are about to kill each other in a no DQ match. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm fighting the guy right after that. match. <laughs> Oh
0: no, legit! legit. (laughs) Like,
1: there's no way I'm not casting it in right after that match. It just makes too much
0: sense, right? For real. Uh, We then have Andrade El Idolo versus Miro. This is a tough one, honestly, for me because I am going twenty minute draw. Yo, really? Yeah.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm going draw, and I think they're going to beat the crap out of each other. And then they're gonna form a tag
0: team. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, I will go ahead and I will just say Andrade because of C.J. Perry screwing over Miro. Yes, that will that will be that will be my safe guess. I guess. Yeah. So I will go with that. Swerve Strickland versus Keith Lee. Swerve. Sorry, when I drive, I mean it's got to be Swerve. Uh, like, listen, you got a guy who has not wrestled on a pay per view in months versus a guy who is the hottest wrestler in AEW at this point in time. Yeah. No, w- no disrespect to Keith Lee. You can't stop Swerve right now. He is way too hot.
1: I want Keith Lee to get the visual pin,
0: and then, of course, he gets screwed over. Yeah. Because absolutely. He, absolutely. Swerve, yeah, but Swerve all the way. No question. Uh, we then have the eight-man tag match, Jericho, Sammy, Sting, and Darby versus Starks, Big Bill, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Konosuke Takeshita. Uh, I'll go with the baby faces.
1: Yeah, Sting doesn't lose in these matches. Yeah.
0: You don't you, you put Sting in the match, it's basically almost a foregone conclusion. You're not gonna have him lose as you're building towards his retirement in literally a month.
1: And they did it well where like since it's not the whole down Callis family, it's gonna probably be Ricky or uh Big Bill taking the pin. Yes. And so Don Callis is just going to say they failed him, too. So there you exactly. go. Exactly. And yeah.
0: it's a non-title match for them, so it doesn't hurt. So
1: yeah. That's
0: fine. Uh, Julia Hart versus Abaddon for the TBS Championship. Like I said, this match is one of my most intriguing ones just because I want to see how both women perform, especially Abaddon, considering this is her biggest match in AEW for her time here. Uh, but I do think it's a pretty relatively uh, good retain for Julia. I do want to see points where, like, Abaddon, like, you know, how does she really get Julia to sweat? How does she, like, use what she brings to the table to set herself apart and just, like, you know, put Julia hard against the ropes? So that yeah. way you can't, like, she's got reasonable doubt. Like, holy shit, she's got, she doesn't know what to do against her. Yeah,
1: I want to see a thunder appearance from Thunder Rose in this match having her back. And, yeah, I want it to
0: look like Abaddon's going to win. Right. Uh the TNT championship, no disqualification match between Christian Cage and Adam Copeland. I think this is where Adam gets his win back. So uh yeah. I will go ahead and go with Copeland.
1: See the perfect the reason I uh reason <laughs> I, I went with this is perfect. I don't think Adam Copeland really wants to be a champion at AW. So it's possible. So if you win it and then immediately lose it to like a young guy, you know, or a young hill, there you go.
0: And especially for him, because I mean, like, this was a guy that did so many Money in the Bank cash ins, yeah, and everything like that. I mean, his, one of his his cash in against Cena was one of the most like, like, I, yeah, most I talked can. about. So I mean, it makes sense why he would be the one that would let that happen. Yeah, someone cash in on Adam, and there you go. There you go. Uh, we then have the Continental Classic final between John Moxley oh. and Eddie. Hold Kingston. on, just a
1: second before we get to that one. There okay. was a
0: eight-man tag thrown in. I, and I told you that. Oh, was there another eight-man tag? No, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. yeah down bro, a little bit. Danielson, Claudio, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia facing Brody King, Jay Lethal, Jay White, and Roosh.
1: Yes, and I honestly think this is great just because these dudes have been working their ass off for the last... Six weeks or however long it's, Absolutely. Been. it's a nice <laughs> it's, it's a nice
0: match To just really like yeah. tie in the Continental Classic and just kind of like Like just you know these guys Who have been putting banger matches Out on TV trying to win this tournament They still deserve to compete at the Pay-per-view get a payday and everything like that I, I think it's a really well done thing
1: And I have no idea Who's gonna win like I have no Feel on it I, I, I'm just Gonna go with Jay White Like his team JY gets to pin, but literally, have no feel on who's going to win this match.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think maybe you know, there's problems between Garcia and Briscoe and the and the BCC members, and that helps uh, the heels team get the win. Yes,
1: and Brian Danielson after this will be on a flight to Japan to compete at Wrestle
0: Kingdom. He will. It's going to be crazy, dude. Yeah. Like that's going to be nuts. Uh, then okay, we have the. Continental Classic Final, Eddie Kingston versus John Moxley. Uh, we talked all over about how John Moxley is your ace. For, so for the AWCC first ever, uh, you're having the ace win the whole thing. So it's going to be John Moxley.
1: Yeah, I, uh, uh, re- uh, the podcast that I listened to brought up the point that Eddie Kingston's that guy that's just better in the chase. He's better when he's failed and he has to try to come back. Uh, It would be great. But him get this close and then comes up short. That's the story I want to know. That's the story I want going into 2024 is Eddie Kingston trying to uh, get the uh, triple his belts back.
0: So, yeah, I'm going John Moxley just beats Eddie Kingston. All right. And then. Tony Storm versus Rio for for the AEW Women's World Championship. I will never go against Timeless. You can't make me. You cannot make me. I am going with Timeless Tony Storm.
1: Our character's too hot. You can't go. I. I. You know what? I would be perfectly fine with Rio winning, but it just doesn't make any sense. It just does. Yeah,
0: with the amount of merch that they've put yeah. out of her and how big they are on her right now. It's just uh, how hot she
1: just... is with the crowd and Absolutely. what she she like I mean, you can give her five minutes and you're gonna remember that five minutes from the night. Uh you can put her on commentary, she's gonna be great. Uh I've enjoyed the timeless Tony stuff. Like I said, I I mean, you ask me nine times out of ten, I'm picking Rio because I, I, I really do love Rio. But Tony Storms just on another level as a performer right now so i would not take the belt off her
0: all right and then finally the AEW world championship mjf versus samoa joe um and we were told the devil's going to be revealed
1: so we should probably take our guess on that too
0: yeah so quite frankly um as much as, like, because we obviously said pleasure, the, the pleasure doing business with us, that implies that the devil is not Samoa Joe, but he's been working for him. Now, that being said, whoever the, like we said, whoever the devil is, is going to end up being AEW World Champion. I think we've made that also very clear. Crazy for a Samoa Joe AEW World Championship run. I would go crazy for it. Um, I don't think that will happen. I think MJF will win But at that point, though, right as he's like, you know, thinking, oh, my God, like, I I at least got this. I held it down. I'm still the top guy in AEW. That's when the devil comes out. And I'm going to stick to my guns and say, it's Adam Cole. All right. I think the devil and his goons actually help
1: (laughs) MJF retain. And Uh? Samoa Joe loses. You know why? Because he fucking made a deal with the devil. Of course you're going to get screwed. So and the the, the devil's like you thought you thought you know like basically you thought I was gonna give you my belt, that's my belt. Yeah, yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah, like what are you thinking? That's just stupid. Uh, So yeah, I'm going with Adam Cole. Um, I literally like okay. So the four names that I've heard: Adam Cole, Jungle Boy, uh, Tony Khan, and Bit Baker. Worst to best, worst is Tony Khan. Three would be Jungle Boy. Two, Adam Cole. One, I really want it to be Britt Baker. It's just because okay. I love the I love the women's division. I, I I think the the women's division, is okay. Mm-hmm. But to get it to good or great, you have to put some capital in it. You have to put some time in it. They have literally, Britt Baker is healthy, and they have kept her off TV. It literally just makes sense. She hated MJF from the beginning. She didn't want MJF and Adam Cole to be friends. Britt Baker. Okay.
0: Fair enough. I, I mean, like, that would be wild. That would absolutely that's, be wild
1: if that's that was a, the case. I always said it. That's why I said in my tweet, I know who I want it to be. Britt Baker. I know who it's probably going to be. Adam Cole. I can live with both. If it's Tony Khan, if it's Tony Khan, it will be a.
0: It, it will be like. It will be panned. I will say right now, it me, will be absolutely it, panned.
1: It, it it would be to me. It would be a triumph in my life to find the positive spin on that.
0: Yeah. No. Honestly, same
1: for me. Yes, same for me. Because I, I, you know. You know, I am a Tony Khan supporter. I would not go as far to say I worship the man, but I think very highly of him as a human. Him staying off TV is best for AEW. Even when they do an announcement, he never really makes the announcement. He has Tony, Tony Schiavone or somebody. Stay off my TV, Tony. <laughs> Stay
0: off my TV. <laughs> no, I do not in any circumstances need that to be the case. Yeah, correct. Like, <laughs> I do not, I do not need that. Yeah, at all. Like, to me, I wouldn't like Jungle Boy, but it. Called,
1: they wrote him on TV because of the whole punk situation. He kind of takes punk spots as the devil. I get it. it. You can make Jungle Boy work. Make it work, right? I'm not a yeah, fan sure. of it cause, just because, you know, I'm not really a big fan of him, but I can make that work. I can make Brit work. I can make him JF work, logically. Tony... Just comes off as a bitter rich man. He just comes off as Mr. McMahon, and shit. I know Mr. McMahon was like twenty something years ago. Still too soon to run it back.
0: Yeah, it's too soon. You just, I just can't, I can't deal with it, dude. I just can't. Like, don't, don't go down that road. Cause you can't come back once you go down that road.
1: Yeah, it's like, like there's so many other people, like, it, it makes sense to be, I mean, and if you wanted to be a manager, you wanted to be whatever, you know, there's a lot of places it makes sense, uh, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, the thing is, it has happened a long time ago, and what oh, yeah. AEW needs to do is ignore the reaction to the reveal. You really need to ignore the reaction. You got to just go through what the story is because you
0: got to get it. You got to get it to the point where everything pays off.
1: Yes, because no matter who you announce, no matter who you announce, you could make it fucking Jim Cornette. (laughs) 50% are going to think it's brilliant and 50% are going to hate it. It's not who the reveal is. The story begins once the reveal the story starts in the, you know, the second act of this story starts after reveal we're just in the first act of this play it ends with the reveal and then that starts the second act
0: right no for sure but that is our preview of aew world's end um hopefully y'all enjoy the show um and hopefully y'all enjoy the new year um thank you guys so much i think that'll close things out for this episode of all things elite we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode and appreciate you guys sticking with us for the entirety of 2023. We hope you continue to stick with us for 2024 and beyond as we continue going through uh, AEW uh throughout this time frame. It's been so much fun going through everything. Um if you guys enjoy the show, please continue to download the show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, Please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And be sure to leave a rating and a review. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us on social media at AT Elite Pod on Twitter. And also follow at Social Suplex, who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I, myself, am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. Hopefully, y'all had an amazing holiday. Hope you guys have an amazing New Year's, and best of luck to you guys in 2024. And same goes to my good partner, Floyd. I hope he has an amazing New Year, and I will pass it off to him now to close us out on this episode of All Things Elite, and hope you all enjoy World's End.
1: Well... Thank you, the brilliant Austin Sumowitz. As we weaved all the additional news through our uh, natural show, there was one piece that I did, and this is just an advertisement, basically. Uh, Shop AEW has a sale starting tomorrow, their New Year's sale. It starts at noon. Uh, It's 20% off basically everything including the new Eddie Kingston Shop AEW figure. So, that's tomorrow at noon central. I just threw that out there because that is a new item that is going to be available. And I'm probably going to do a pretty big order on that one. So, uh, look forward. Uh, I wish you all the best that anyone is trying to look at the merch. But honestly, by the time you listen to this show, you know, it will probably be on sale. Um, But, yes. Thank you. Uh, this year has been great. As always, Austin is one of the people that I am uh, very thankful for. I've had a great year. I just, did my, uh, I just did my count. I went to, I think, 16 shows this year, which is down. I said it. I was going to cut it down. I said at most 14, I made it to 16. I'm a dirty, filthy liar. But uh, I did lower the number of shows that I went to this year. I'm not going to say I'm going to go less than 16 next year. That would just be, like, stupid. But, no, um, especially they've added Oklahoma to their rotation. So, you know, I'm going to go to all those shows. Uh, But, yeah, I look forward uh, to the new year. I look forward to everybody growing, uh, getting closer to everyone or hopefully do some little things to maybe spruce up the show, maybe have an interview, maybe have a guest host, whatever. I, you know, I'm always talk to Austin and figure that out. But I thank you all for listening every second, every moment, every download, even if you just download the show and don't listen, which you can't hear this anyway. We still appreciate you. And we want to say happy new year. Because everybody celebrates the new year. Whether you actually celebrate it or not. The new year is the new year. So happy new year. Shout out to my boy JR over in Tokyo. Have fun at the Wrestle Kingdom. And I will say this. As I leave you how I always leave you. Whether it is home. Work or school. Always do your best to be elite.